0: Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week. We will be giving you your second helping of all things Rangers related. I'm Cammie Bell, your host as always for Extra. Um, and I don't like to compete with David Edgar when he does the flagship show on a Monday in terms of the caliber of guests. But if I was to compete with him, I can tell you right now I would win because whilst David might have had big sexy Andy McGowan on on Monday alongside tactics geek Adam Thornton, I have got... Mr. Persona himself, charm, charisma, he's got the lot, Mr. Martin Ramsey. Martin, thank you for coming on Extra, it's always a pleasure to speak to you.
1: Pleasure's all mine, Cameron, sunny Friday evening, uh, it's, it's good to
0: be on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and listen, always great to be able to try and talk about the Rangers when uh, we're in such uh, healthy amounts of fixtures, because it can only really mean that you're still involved within some pretty major cups. So, let's uh, let's talk about uh, Wednesday's game against St. Johnson. Um, Away, away in Perth, Martin a 7 o'clock kickoff, which I'm not overly keen on, it always feels a little bit like a, like an OCD uh, impact to you, um, I think we all knew this would be a proper proper slobber knocker the league champions versus the league cup champions, we knew we'd be going all out, it'd be all guns blazing um, and that's exactly what we got with what was probably the dreariest game of the season thus far
1: Cameron, it's been a week of unrest and <laughs> uh, football fans struggling to find their bearings and the, the, the fear of the new and, and, and modernity. and it, It's good to be able to hang your hat on some things that, that never change and that's a league winning Rangers team phoning it in for pretty much the rest of the season. This was one of those games that I remember very well from the 90s and I'm sure you do too. Um, the only difference is that we didn't get beat because that was usually... And what what happened at the end of those seasons when we'd everything wrapped up? Um, what six seven changes? Here's the thing with that. I don't think it's it's possible for it to work anywhere near as well as we we maybe hope and expect it to. Because we have been so successful this season with such a core group of players, and it's because of that consistency. I know people of dovetailed nicely and especially in the, the forward areas, um, you know, people get into purple patches and then hand it over to someone else who maybe have a purple patch and carries on. But you're not talking much more than 14, 15 players. Which means you get this cast of thousands there, maybe not quite, but you know what I mean? And loads of players who just aren't playing competitive football. And to ask of them to just see mostly come in, in those kind of numbers. I think it's probably always asking a bit too much, and it's the disjointed performance we we, we saw on Wednesday night, along with it a, a bit of uh, um, running down the, um, the the league season anyway, um, and like that. We we kind of got what we we should have expected, I guess.
0: There's a point to that, and and listen, you're you're totally right. I, I completely agree with, you. and you know. I, If you hadn't, I would have thrown it back to the nineties because it feels these were like the games you'll remember that you know we first saw Craig Moore and Charlie Miller come into you know the games at the end of the season when let's get in some of the kids and all that kind of thing just to be able to try and uh, get them some game time uh, alongside the grown ups and stuff. Um, There is no need for us to be able to go full pale. And listen, you know, we sit here all kind of high and mighty and a bit kind of cocky and all of that kind of thing because we have won the league. Because we won the league about. 17,000 months ago. Um, and we can afford to, as you say, kind of phone in a bit. We've got bigger fish to fry and we're certainly going to come on to that later on in the show. Um, just to go through that, starting 11, uh, John McLaughlin replaced Alan McGregor in goals. Um, a warm return uh, for James Tavernier, who replaced uh, his understudy, Nathan Patterson at right back. Connor Goldson, um, I think, Martin, uh, this is kind of more your area of expertise, but I think it's actually illegal for Connor Goldson to <laughs> miss... Uh, a game of football, retained his berth, uh, but he was partnered by Jack Simpson. a Barris, which is always at left back as well. Again, our kind of regular starter in there. Yanis Hadji came back into the lineup. Glenn Kamara and Stephen Davis uh, pretty much stayed in position. Um, Scott Wright, who um, attended uh, the press conference prior uh, to the St. Johnson game, was the, the, the player in attendance. And I think that gave us a nod and a wink to his inclusion. He started. Uh, Kamara Roof and Cedric Hitton up top. Um what I do want to, just before we go into the kind of game details itself as well, Martin, what I do want to talk about is something you've kind of just mentioned there, because I'll just run through our bench really quickly. Al McGregor, Calvin Bassi, Phil Hollander, Jermaine Defoe, Ryan Kent, Nathan Patterson, Joe Rebo, Alfredo Morelos and Scott Arfield. Without this sounding overly cocky, I think that bench probably could have beaten St. Johnson. <laughs> because I think that that is one of the strongest benches that we've got, certainly, you know, within... You know, recent memory. Um but how many after...
1: times, sorry Cammie, how many times have we have we said that in a yeah. proper game? Uh, about some of the, the, the kind of options that we have rather than backups this season? And that, that, that's testament to the to the success. I think we finally this summer had enough options rather than well, we'll play them if we, we, we need to. Um that that's gone beyond eleven or twelve to, to fifteen or sixteen. Um <laughs> which means we can't find I guess the room for, for for some of those even on that peripheral, which is which is why you know we we have these disjointed shows and back in uh, the league cup in paisley in, in December um but this is this is a different kind of rangers um that we're looking at the start of Gerard Reign and and even before that we we at times could look at a first choice 11 and think you know we're in here we could have a chance the the twenty sixteen semi final, for example. Not much more though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't <laughs> even fill a bench that day, um, famously. Um and if you start to get a couple of key injuries you're 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 in trouble. Um and this is this is the difference. And without some kind of oil and gas uh injection one summer that you can go and just buy a squad immediately it was always going to take just a wee, a wee bit longer than perhaps we wanted.
0: I think what's interesting, though, and this is where the dynamic has shifted, is that we're doing this for a league game. Yeah. Whereas beforehand, and listen, to our detriment at times, it has to be said, the manager has got it wrong in terms of the selection within cup games, and it's us. Um, And, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, Paisley in December but I'll go further back to that you know when we've played probably Morelos when we didn't have to and then it's then caused this with Mm -hmm. suspensions further on the tournament stuff. What I think was interesting though, if we get into the kind of crux of the game was that St. Johnson and as I say I know was kind of having a bit of a laugh and a joke with it beforehand but St. Johnson you know won the League Cup, a cup that we very very much wanted Um, and I felt Martin at the beginning of the game what you probably saw from St. Johnson was some of these players looking to try and um, play for a spot for the, the the game on Sunday to be included within the, within the the Cup game on Sunday. There's a part to that which I think that this is maybe the, the spoils of our success, if you will, because you've got players on one side who started very brightly, who are kind of gunning for it. I think that most of the guys that I've just walked through there know that they will not start on Sunday because we've got a, 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 a probably a more... Um, rigid first 11, first 12 or 13 maybe with a couple of swaps or what have you but by and large those peripheral players they won't be coming into the, the the manager's way of thinking to start on Sunday St Johnson did start well, there is no doubt about that, John McLaughlin who within his own right by the way has been an excellent mm-hmm. um, substitute for Alan McGregor, was called into action pretty quickly uh, we found a little bit of of, of kind of rhythm um, in terms of our own play there's a part to that which I think that because of all of those changes by choice, that 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 team had to be able to try and find its own groove and be able to try and and link in with each other and stuff as well Um, I thought that we did that quickly after the initial scare, but as the game kind of started to unfold, I thought that our confidence and our self-belief with that group of players started to grow and then we kind of started to assert ourselves within that as well It did have the idea of, it was pretty much a kind of dead rubber because we don't want to lose an unbeaten run, St Johnson don't want to go hell for leather in case they start risking injuries or what have you but there was still a competition there there was still some some good back and forth as the game started to to progress across the first 45 minutes I thought
1: as it went on yeah um without it being kind of cutting edge and without it being too intense you're right it's just such a hard one to judge hard one for the players to judge I imagine at the time it's hard for us to judge now really what what it was um it doesn't matter if it's an a end-of-season dead rubber or, or a, a mid-season crunch game. We still tend to take 10, 15, 20 minutes to uh, find our way in a game. It's just the the, the way that the, the we seem to have approached it, um, possibly indicative of how we've, we've approached the season, just in terms of managing it and, and, and measuring things um, instead of uh, you know burning out by, by going hell for leather um, immediately. So, yeah, uh a lot of faces that that, that won't have of you know played competitive football together it explains some of the, um, the the lack of cohesion. But these are good players. Um, they're part of a uh, winning squad, winning um, structure, and yeah, we we got our um, we got our bearings and a few decent bits and pieces. But yeah, it was hard to hardly get too excited about it.
0: Well, one thing that you know, I certainly was excited about, and I have been for a number of weeks now, um, is the inclusion of Scott Wright. Uh, as I mentioned at the kind of top shows, we're talking through the uh, the start eleven. Scott Wright was included. Um, I think there's a few things within this Martin where, I, personally speaking, I like Wright. I like when he talks. He, he seems like a very Uh, sensible young man, Uh, I thought he conducted himself very well within the press conference on the pitch, I think that when we've seen him play, he looks like he has got tons of energy, he looks like he's got a footballing brain in his head and the fact that even out of possession of the football, he's able to get himself into spaces where he can make himself available, he can go in there to support it, I think he makes great runs, I think he can look at great passing and stuff as well it's interesting to me because and 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 again I'm keen to get your opinion on him. And and prior to Rangers, he didn't stand out for me at Aberdeen. I'll absolutely hold my hands up to that. He was not someone that I thought he will be a good player in the future. And as a result of that, we should try and snap him up or whatever. When we signed him, and I know that we were keen to bring him in early because you know we wanted to get him in in the in the, in the midseason. Um, I thought, okay, that's good for his development, and we'll see what can kind of happens. But now that I've seen him, now that I've seen him play within this team and within our system, I'm very excited by him. And then when you saw his goal uh, and great run by Hart Hands, very own Stephen Davis, by the way, to 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 ping forward with a uh, with a ball and, and and really penetrate properly, releases right, takes a couple of touches, lovely shot passes St Johnson keeper, um, made it look effortless, which again I think is testament to how good a player he is. But I was not stunned as to how well he was going to be doing with that. Were you in that space? Did you see him as part of that Aberdeen setup, or was it the case that you felt then that um, he would develop or is this just taking you by surprise as well?
1: No, it's not wise after the event. I'm I'm sure we've been involved in a couple of post-match pods when we we played Aberdeen earlier in the season and he he did uh, uh, stand out. It's maybe maybe too much, but he was noticed. um, Not hard to be noticed in that Aberdeen team, if you get any kind of flair and bravery on the ball. Um, But but he was. um, And when I heard that we were um, pursuing that, a couple of months before it it, kind of came to fruition, yeah, made sense. Absolutely. Um, But (laughs) the the impact he's had, probably didn't see coming. I, I assumed, as you did, that we would use the second half of the season for his development and, and, and getting get him into the, the way of things so that he could pretty much start pre-season and, 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 and really start from there. Uh, but I think we were all impressed. Just with his direct nature, and I don't mean that in a Graham Taylor way, he, he wants the ball and he wants to, to, to run with it and cause problems. Um, we've talked about it in many shows, um, probably less so this season, but, but out of frustration the last couple of seasons, with the lack of that at Rangers. Um, passing side to side, the easy ball. Uh, where are the fullbacks? Because if the fullbacks aren't there, nothing happens. Uh, and that, that that football and bravery to get on the ball and run at the heart of a team, run at the heart of a defence. They are terrified up here of that because they're, they're not equipped to deal with fast, skillful play. Keep chucking the balls in the box, thanks. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was his immediate impact. And that, that got us off our living room seats, as it were. Um, not sure there was much end product in those early uh, those early games, Cammy. Um, and uh, <laughs> brilliant timing, as anyone who listens to Seagulls will will, will know. Um, I think I had a conversation with Adam. Um, I, said, I, I like him, but has he actually? Contribute to goal, yeah. Is he did he made an assist, and then I think pretty much the, the next game he he did uh, come in with an assist and, and and now that 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 goal there um it was it was, gorgeous, just a brilliant finish. Um, he seems very confident. Um, and he listen, it's hard to play for Rangers. Um, we, we've seen arebo and Haji, come, more to life this season. Um, certainly Aribo uh, and feeling more part of um part of the action feeling like the rangers players it takes players a lot sometimes a lot of time some players just can't can't cope can't handle it can't adapt especially when they come from um some of the more provincial clubs in the, in the country um but he just doesn't seem to have that he seems to believe he's been signed for a reason uh and he's he's going to be part of that and yeah um excited for for what he can bring next season
0: St. Johnson um, did have a penalty shout uh, almost immediately following our goal uh, where um, Rooney was brought down by Bonabaric. Um I don't want to focus on this too much, Martin, because we've got bigger fish to fry, but what followed in terms of between that point and then the the, the, the closing period of the game was, for me, um, a lack of control by the referees. Ewan Anderson initially gave the penalty, spoke to his linesman, and then reverse the decision, give a goal kick for Rangers, he would end up giving a penalty uh, following a a Simpson uh, error in the box and uh, St Johnson would get the equaliser out of it in the 95th minute. Um, The reason I wanted to kind of just touch on that really quickly and where the referee performance was at is because I have said on a number of pods, both here and on our Patreon site, that because we've had an unprecedented level of success versus our expectations from the beginning of the season, does not mean that we can't call out circumstances wherein referees have had a complete howler, and I'm, I'm something. I, I think this this adds into a conversation which I believe that Stephen Gerrard has certainly spoken about and been cited for. By the way, um, plus other circumstances, you know, throw a stone, you'll 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 hit one, where refereeing performances have not been acceptable. Now, the reason I want to, to kind of highlight this within this particular dynamic, Martin, is because we're at an end of season dead rubber, right, where both teams have really got their focus elsewhere. So we know it's not going to be blood and thunder. We know it's not going to be, you know, like game of basketball, back and forth and back and forth, loads of contentious decisions and guys flying into challenges and all of that kind of stuff. It's in an empty stadium. So to my mind, the referee has probably the best Possible opportunity there to be as anonymous as he can be, right? And trust me, as a referee, you want to be anonymous. You do not want to be the talking point after the game. But yet again, another complete series of foul-ups by a referee. I don't necessarily disagree per se with the decisions, but the problem with this has to be someone no, no one will talk to you and Anderson after this. Now there will be no review um following this and following what's happened. At any course of remedial action based against the referee. I'm not saying that I want points deductions or you know results change. I don't want any of that stuff. What I want is a far more transparent process where we include referees as part of the, the games dialogue and as a result of that, we raise standards. Right now, it feels like they couldn't get lower and pretty much everybody's happy for them to be that way. And I don't think, Martin, there's any clearer way I've been able to demonstrate that by the fact that yet again, for I think the third major tournament, and I'll I'll, I'll apologise now if I'm wrong for that, but for a third major international tournament, Scotland will have no um, officials at it, Mm -hmm. even a fourth official. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to come out and highlight things like this, even when the game is, is not the most important, because it still alludes to the point that it's just simply not good enough.
1: No, I wouldn't disagree with that, Cammy. Um You make an interesting point about the, the the no spectators, and it used to be the, the kind of narrative that
0: yeah, if res- you're a homer. Yeah, res-
1: could be homers. Yeah, and and you know the the, the, the occasion um, affected that that, that decision making. The uh, sometimes you get homers, sometimes you, you get refs who were perceived as you know being deliberately um, willing to go against the majority just for for fun. Um and that shouldn't happen. Well, it's not really the, 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 the match going crowd that is the issue these days. It's the the interminable debates um that that, that continue on social media and, and, and mainstream media and all sorts of media. These things never go away. And the discussion and the culture within Scottish football of, of late has been to try and explain this season, this incredible um, championship-winning performance by Rangers, um, a Rangers that, for being honest, you know, it was not as if we've, we've taken it to the wire. And the past couple of couple of seasons, it's, you know, it's just been inevitable. We've been knocking at the door. Um, this has been outstanding. It's been remarkable. Uh, we will focus on many areas of of, of improvements within um, the, the the Rangers structure. But for those who are not interested in giving Rangers any credit, we, we know where the narrative is, um, and it's focused in the last few weeks about the, the lack of penalties that we've we've had awarded against us, despite the fact that you know most Scottish opposition could hardly get to our boss with a sherpa, uh, our box with a sherpa, should I say? Um, it, it, that that might have something more to do with it. Um, so that's there. That's that's in the consciousness. That's that uh, feeds into the. Um, to the, the, the narrative he, he made his decision and he's been advised that's what an assistant's Therefore, i understand um he's taken that on board and reversed it but it must be and he said immediately shit i'm now embroiled in this this whole thing and it was just one of those famous hoping to try and even even that score
0: yeah and listen you know in the referee's defense i will say i don't want Referees to make snap decisions. See, see what happens. We've done it. We've, we've seen it in League Cup finals, Martin.
1: Where you, so you want would, them to um, have a breather, Cammy? Yeah, just, and, and do you want, and, you want them to have some kind of, oh, I don't know, way of of replaying the incident that they can see while they're having that breather, and having the, the the chance to make that decision? I mean, it's, it's out there. I'm just throwing it out there. as a, I don't know how that, that could be managed. I don't know how it could be done. But just some way where they don't have to replay it in their imagination, they can see it in front of their, their, their face while they, they, they take that moment to, to consider.
0: And maybe have colleagues maybe be able to try and provide them with advice, maybe from some sort of separate uh, platform. The game's platform. gone, the
1: game's yeah. gone et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, all VAR debate aside, what I would say, though, is that what I do want a referee to do is, is to take time, and to consider the options and consider the assessment. And what I'll do is I'll throw it back because we know, listen, and we know we've got plenty of our friends who live across the city who listen to this and it will be, oh, you know, they're in bed with the SFA, et cetera. And certainly overwhelming evidence, my Celtic chums, of such circumstances, one of which I'll go back to, which was Alfredo Morelos being booked at Livingston. Now, what I want ideally for referees to be able to do is take due diligence and time just to be able to make a decision and it felt to me on Wednesday night that Ewan Anderson couldn't point to the spot quick enough in the same way that the referee could not wait to get the card out of his pocket to book Alfredo Morelos for simulation uh, in Livingston you need to be able to try and understand the assessment of what's going on and what's happened and be able to try and take it from there because all joking aside we know that the referees don't have uh, VAR I couldn't tell you I've never seen anything out the back of it to say to whether or not Scottish officials would like VAR or not. But whilst you don't have it, very simply, you you work with the tools that you have, and the tools that you have is your judgment, right? Is your judgment call. And listen, Martin, I totally agree with you. I think that, you know, that it will get into referees' heads of look, if I've made a major up of that, and that's what's happened. You and I have watched more games of football than we've had hot dinners, where you'll have known that a referee has made some sort of error in the first half and he's probably sat at halftime with his you know, a fish, uh, with his uh, uh, fellow linesmen and, and uh, fellow officials. And one of them has said, you bollocked it, you've got that wrong or something's happened. Probably the manager's tried to get at them to have, you know, his tuppence worth. But you can't just e- equal out mistakes after mistakes because then you get into this endless cycle. So I know you're a big proponent of VAR I think that it would be able to try and come into it but what I would say to you though right let me go even bigger afield you know the, 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 uh, even further afield than that and go for a bigger idea Martin. why can't we just have referees coming out to talk to us why can't we just have referees come out to say I made that decision and this is why and even attempt to educate people I would want it if I was a referee because I would educate pundits, players Joe blogs in the street to say this is why we do these things um, and just include them as part of that include them as part of that dialogue and say you know if I've made an error I've made an error no one here wants to start throwing rotten fruit at referees well most people don't mm. but if you were to then be you know I made a mistake I think most people would probably respect that they may not at first but this is where we could lead the way so you want VAR down south it's there now, brilliant I, you know I, I'm, I'm not sure if everyone's totally bought into it but by and large it's Pretty much a full, foolproof system. Errors are made on the users, of course, but why couldn't we just have referees come out to talk to the media? Would you? Would you want a referee to do that? Would you want a referee to come out and say, "Here's why I gave what I did. This is what I saw. This is advice that I've taken from my fellow officials, and this is how that decision happened. That that's that's what's caused all of this. This is what it's been. Would you be intrigued? Would you watch a referee do that?
1: Yeah, of course I would. Um... <clears throat> back to your point earlier the, the coolest man in the park should be the referee he's, he's not launching any tackles he, you know his team isn't uh, uh, there's no jeopardy for, for for him necessarily in terms of of, of the outcome of the game i um, mean he's, he's just there to to officiate and um provide that kind of justice i guess. Um, so taking that 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 step back shouldn't be a problem that this instinctive rush for cards and that, that that's emotional that's what 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 players do because they are um they should be um experiencing adrenaline levels that are far higher yes, I would like them to to to, to come out and and explain it and indeed say got that wrong, which is fine if the the dynamic out there is sensible and reasonable and you'd have people nodding their heads or shaking their heads and say, well, OK, hope you learn from that. We'll put it down to, you know, human nature and um, human error and we'll, we'll, we'll go on. Not a chance referees would put themselves up for that, given the mayhem, the mentalism that's out there. Not a chance. You know, you, you're not having... They would be getting drawn into a debate and the level of debate in this country is a disgrace not a chance they would vote for that
0: yeah I, and i can understand it's, that. it's turkeys and christmas isn't it yeah i mean I, I do understand it right i totally get the fact that referees may not may not want to face it but listen do you know what let's all All i'm suggesting is let's try it and do you know what see if it bollocks up then that's fine because we'll just simply remove it that's fine but where's the harm in trying it we're relatively, in the big stage, Martin, we're relatively provincial. So therefore, we could try it as something a little bit different. And do you know what would be great? A positive story coming out of Scottish football that other people would want to do. Because if it worked here, other countries, the bigger countries in terms of, the again, like you say, the footballing stage, would say, well, actually, do you know what, if it's worked there, maybe we could look at it and blah, blah. Because listen, VAR is going to go in that direction. VAR's went into the, the big stages, and now it's going to filter down and cascade through the... Uh, through the other countries as well.
1: But VAR does have that, VAR does have some kind of, or Stockley Park would would come out, they could be ridiculed for it, but there will be an explanation as to why there's been an intervention, which you have to, you can't have that that level of um, scrutiny and and add those layers of uh, scrutiny to to a game without being able to explain yourself. Uh, I don't think that's really credible so they, they do that uh, but the individual ref uh, again uh, I would if I I guess I would in, in an ideal world would like to, to, to explain why I've done something if, if there's some kind of contention about it we feel the need even on the site sometimes if we've made a comment on one of these shows to immediately try and clarify but you're just not dealing with normal people I
0: mean, <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's the emotion the football fan especially in Scotland as well listening totally right totally I totally agree with that that would be uh, it'd be interesting to try, let's put it like that. Anyway, we've kind of digressed quite a bit off of that because I thought it was quite a good conversation to be able to try and talk about the standard of officiating in this country. It now, before we. Can't wait to be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, well, before we swing back to St Johnston, because um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we, uh, we face them again on Sunday uh, in the next round of the Scottish Cup. Uh, news has broken this week, Martin, and um, I'm sure for one you were um, knocked off of your seat to find out that uh, the appeal for the five Rangers players um, against their six game ban uh, the appeal was dismissed and the original uh, sanction was upheld this is for Bengani Zungu, Nathan Patterson Calvin Bassey, Dapo and Bude, and Brian Kinnear um, the, the SFA panel, uh, much to Celtic chagrin, was uh, being convened on, or what we believed, at the beginning of this week, on Monday uh, however, news came out last night that um, they have now got a six game ban with two suspended until the end of the season and um, Rangers released a statement in response saying that Rangers notes the outcome of today's appeal. We remain disappointed in the result. Furthermore, we believe this outcome highlights the inconsistency of decision-making in the Scottish FA's disciplinary process. We are cognizant that the approach taken by other football associations across Europe has no resemblance to that of the Scottish FA. We urge the Scottish FA to be open-minded, to learn from other footballing authorities, and we now focus on Sunday's quarter final at Ibrox. Um, Martin, it wasn't a surprise to me. Um, I I don't believe it would have been to you either, that that this was going to be the outcome. Um, It has been, and and listen, you know, whilst we might have received a bit of a benefit from it, uh, the fact that we've, we've had to wait this long to be able to try and get the appeal heard, and then the outcome of the appeal in terms of a few days later, I don't believe that a bureaucratic process takes this long, just the SFA dragging their feet as per usual. But he uh, yeah, had no surprise really and I think you know at that point we're just going to have to accept uh, that the players will miss a few games in terms of now into the end of the season. Paterson, the most likely to feature, may, um, may be able to try and come back in for the last few games before we wrap everything up.
1: Yeah, not much to add to that, really. No surprise. Uh, Rangers were right to appeal for, for the reasons that they've, they've already mentioned and reiterated again in the statement that look, it's been a, a strange year. We, we, we know that. But um, but it's not unforeseeable that, that, that situations like this might arise. At the start of the season, you, you can set your, your stall out as a, um, a, a judiciary body, which effectively that, that, that's what the, um, the, the, the government football bodies are in this case. And we know some of the other uh, incidents this season that have gone unpunished and, and that, that lack of consistency is, is always what, what, what drives people up the wall. You could you could argue <clears throat> on the draconian nature of, of, of some of the the the, the, the sentencing uh, sentencing like that that's a bit high but you know, the the outcome, the bans. Um but if they were evenly applied, then you'd swallow it a bit better. So Rangers were right to appeal, um but yeah, no no surprise it's uh, it's turned out this way and we'll wear it now. Um I'm, I'm sure we can I'm sure we can cope.
0: And James Tavenier, as I mentioned, came back in against St. Johnson um, on Wednesday. Uh, Will now almost certainly take the berth back uh, on on Sunday coming. Um, Just before we come on to Sunday, just one thing I'm keen to get your opinion on, Martin, uh, because your uh, opinion I very much respect. Gary McAllister said uh, prior to to the league game on Wednesday that uh, with Tab coming back in, there's all kinds of interesting options. And he kind of flirted a little bit with the idea of could we play both of them with the idea being that obviously Tav would play a bit kind of further forward? Um, I don't know if he's just doing a little bit of know kind of wind-up there in terms of just throwing a bone to the media for them to have a wee chew on for a bit, where not it's a legitimately uh, interesting idea. Uh, and we have looked at it and looked at the kind of possible options of it. Um, is that something that you think that, that we'd be able to try and exploit? I think, personally, Patterson does very, very well defensively because that's been his bread and butter. And it's how he's played his football up to this point. I think he's been able to go further forward and we've certainly been able to exploit that. And actually he's really good being able to go forward. Interesting to consider as to how Tav would be able to try and play within that. It's almost like a it's like we're going back to, if you remember, you know, the whole Tav Kendeus circumstance where they needed mm-hmm. Kandeius to play in front of him. Um, neither player needs the support of the other because they've played independently and separate from each other. But at the same point, it would be interesting to see as to how we would do that. And almost at this point now. Don't know if there's any games coming up. Really, that we could look at that other than potentially Aberdeen.
1: Yeah, maybe not one for for, for squeezing into, um, you know, potential cutting um, closer uh, in terms of the title, uh, the the the, the uh, trophy day, and then hopefully a Scottish Cup final. We won't be messing around too too much with that. Uh, Adam and I talked about it on his 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 tactics show a few weeks ago. Uh, that this this potential. Um, and I think that there, there, there is something in it, whether that's Tav moving into a kind of eight-row, whether it's it's him moving just, just further forward. He's probably a wee bit old to do the Gareth Bale conversion, because you remember he, he started as a yep, yep. quite famously. Um, but I think there's something in it. Um, clearly, there's an attacking instinct. Clearly, there's a, a power of an engine in there. Um, so... I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't reject it at hand. You see, the international football is terrible for this. The the kind of um, Sven conundrum. Um, oh, we've got some really good players. We need to find a way of putting them in the same team. We have to because they're all good. Uh, that's not how football. works. that? The chemistry needs to be right. The, the, the connection needs to be right. People, you know, it it has to be uh, uh, round round pegs and round holes. So, um, but I think I think there is a. Um, Solution there, I don't think it's it's a bit of cheek or, or pie in the sky, but we're interested to see how it how it develops.
0: Yeah, and and listen, you know, I think that we could talk about whether or not it's a legitimate idea or not or whatever. And who knows? Maybe if we've got some friendlies lined up towards the beginning of pre season, then maybe we see it in that and how it works. You know, be interesting to try and see what it is But again, it comes back to what I said, you know, earlier on, Martin. We're we're kind of at the we're almost in, reveling in our spoils of of so much selection options and and you know selection headaches for the manager in terms of what you can do and if it comes with some creative ideas out the back of that then it's it's a far better position than as you mentioned that we've been in previously and stuff as well let's um before we just finish up on on the St Johnson preview and stuff as well also again keen to kind of get your thoughts as well whilst I have you um where do you see the the kind of importance I I want the Scottish Cup aside because the Scottish Cup absolutely I know I know what you'll answer to that what what are your kind of desires where's your kind of Importance on the unbeaten run, the hundred points, etc. Um, I think that you know David mentioned within uh, the show on Monday that you know we should be able to, to to go for both. I totally agree with that. We should be able to go unbeaten with a hundred points and the Scottish Cup. There's not an option, as far as I'm concerned. If I was to put it on the table, you know you want the Scottish Cup. You won't mind losing to Livingston if that's going to cost that. But how how important is it, the the hundred points to you? The, the unbeaten run.
1: Uh, the, the 100 points thing is a... I mean, it's just a consequence of the unbeaten run now, isn't it? Um, yeah. that, that, that's not really a, a thing. The unbeaten thing would be great. It'd be nice. Uh, it would be... I don't know what, what number of cherries on top of our cake this season we're at, but um, it, it would be good. Uh, it, clearly nothing is more important than the the, the Cup now. Um, we have been a disgrace in the domestic Cups over the last three seasons or two and a half seasons. Um... We need to put that right as as much as um, you know. The, the league championship was was a holy grail for for, for, for some time. Um, you know, racking up the, the the other trophies is important as well. Um, so that that has to be the priority. Um, you know, something I think Celtic are doing absolute hide, and I understand why we didn't really go all out uh, the cup game because. You win the game. You go through that. Yeah, you get really, through. That's all it that matters. Don't leave yourself open. Don't don't leave too much space. Etc. Um, Etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um, I I really want. a doing. and I would. I would rather. To be honest, I'd rather we 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 went for that rather than try to just not lose. Uh, and you know we cover this kind of unbeaten record. The cup kinda of, the, the, the defeat with Sitman kinda of spoils that anyway. I know it wasn't the league, but you, you know what I mean. Um I'd I'd rather I'd rather we went all out um took that risk um next Sunday to be honest. It's is it going to spoil my season if if, if Lovingston you know sneak up a, a, a late winner? No. <laughs> Nothing uh nothing's really going to spoil the season other than than failing in the cup again. Um, and even then, we'd go over it because we've got the league. But um, it's, yeah, it's, it's something to be nice. I'm not overly hung up on it because what it does, I think, it's put you in a kind of defensive position, or oh, that's kind of counterintuitive. But you're holding onto something. You're in the stage where you just don't, don't lose. Um, and I think this Rangers team are at their best when we're out for blood.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, and that's why I think I agree with David's point earlier on that. I mean, I know we were talking about it. And as I say, that's why I've discounted the idea of, of you know, would you have the Scottish Cup or an unbeaten run? Because, again, that question answers itself. But you're right. I think that there's a point to that. And we saw a malaise. I, I, think, I really do mean this, right? And, and again, yes, all things being equal, we're talking about the league champions. We won the league, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks ahead of when we're actually going to get the, the physical trophy. But at the same point, we did have a malaise and I think we had a malaise because we knew that, OK, the Scottish Cup wasn't starting for a few weeks. Uh, You know, we we, we could pretty much take our foot off the gas. We've got pretty much dead rubbers until the end of the season. Two of them, well, sorry, uh, well, yeah, two of them in terms of where the, the Celtic games you know, we're, we're going to fall into. Uh, but I do think that when this team's hungry and it's got the bit between its teeth, that's where we produce our best football. It's almost as if we need a little bit of, kind of emphasis to be able to try and come into that. Looking towards Sunday's game, um, I'm, I'm fairly sure I know what your answer will be, but we're going to go back to type, aren't we? We're going to bring those first-teamers back in. It's going to be, I would say, probably not far off, a kick in the arse off of the the same team that played against Celtic. Uh, with the obvious uh, replacement being James Tavernier coming back in. Um, is this this is a process now. We have to be able to try and get past Johnson. Um, but I think the good thing about Wednesday is that we've had a little bit of a taste of their desire and what they want to be able to try and do against this. And they did have opportunities. I'm not saying they didn't. Uh, but we're going to have to step up a gear, at least one gear, um, if we want to make this easier than, than, than we hope it would have to be.
1: Absolutely, it's, it's probably a nice little reminder uh, that it's not just a case of putting eleven different names on on the team sheet and sending them out. Um, you hardly even lose a goal here, boys. Never mind a game; you'll be you'll be fine. Uh, it's a, a timely a timely reminder for that, but no reasons why we we, we shouldn't be going full strength, full blast, and moving forward.
0: Um... And there's going to be a couple of decent names that will be knocked out of the cup by that point. We know that Aberdeen and Hibbs, for example, will play each other in one of the other quarterfinals as well. So, um, you know, I've made the point before, Martin, I think that our hardest game in the tournament has now been uh, in terms of being able to try and put Celtic out of it. And uh, again, without sounding arrogant, I, I still felt that we we didn't have to move completely into top gear to be able to try and beat them anyone near it. Um, but we we have to do the old analogy now. We go back to what we've done before, and it's taken one game at a time within the cup. I'm the same as you, where I think that the league will take care of itself. But for me, you've got I think in your head the league, uh, sorry the the quarter final, semi final, final, and the game against Celtic. Those for me, I would imagine for you are now your four priorities because you want a pasting against them um, a weekend. Uh, sorry, beg your pardon. Um, uh, uh, in the next old fun game next week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the Cup's important. Uh, I don't agree that the the, the Celtic game is, is, is the, the most difficult. It was very manageable. They were they're dreadful. They're in a bad way. Uh, no steam um, other than the little bursts. I think it's conceivable that we, we could meet a motivated Aberdeen or Hibs that will, will give us uh, a game with far more edge, far more intensity um, and keep us far more on it than than, than Celtic did. Yeah. Um, I don't care. It's about
0: us. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Okay, well, what? but just before we kind of wrap up is stuff as well, as always like to do with my guests, uh, and extras, as we talk about previewing the, the, the weekend's games, uh, give me a score prediction and also any Rangers goal scorers. And I'm going to throw a curveball ball at you in just a minute as well.
1: Ha. Uh, 2-0 for the Bears and um, Arebo
0: Arebo both goals. Not both
1: goals, but you said one goal scorer. Um okay. you, you mean both. Um um uh, Aribo and Kent.
0: Okay. I'll go for I'll say 3-0. Um I will put in I'm gonna go with Stephen Davis again. Another overhead kick, please. David, <laughs> that would be good. Uh my back hurts just watching him do that, and I don't know how many times I've watched that goal. Christ alone knows how he does it. Um I'll say Alfie, and uh, and you know what? I'll join you in the in the in the camp as well because I think that's pretty good. Here's my cover ball, and don't obfuscate this. Will Rangers win the Scottish Cup? Yes, excellent, good man, good man. Yes, I, I, I I'd be pretty comfortable with that as well. Martin, just to just to wrap up really quickly. Uh, you mentioned earlier on um, on our Patreon site you are uh, one of the uh, the co-leads. On our uh, Seagulls or EPL show, um, there's obviously been all of this Ferrari uh, in, in the last week or so regarding the European Super League, which is now completely dead in its ass. Uh, Rumours are beginning to 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 come back again, and you and I are, are of like almost exactly the same age. We have seen this plenty of times throughout our uh, uh, our lifetime. following football of a British Super League. Quickly, do you think it's going to happen?
1: Not anytime soon. I've heard that so often, as you mentioned, I've heard European Super Leagues for over 30 years. Um, uh, I think there's some merit in it um, from a purely abstract point of view, um, watching the best teams play each other on a regular basis. League football is the best invention um, that we, we've ever come up with um, in terms of deciding who's best, not a cup, which can go either way. We, we, we all know that. Um, so seeing the best teams play each other, um, you know, home and away with it all at the same time. Um, that's that's kind of the best idea we've had in the sport. And as the world gets smaller and as globalisation moves on, and you know, travel isn't uh, the barrier that it was um, in the 1950s when, incidentally, the first European Super League idea was 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 had. Um, I can always see the arguments for it. it has to have promotion relegation. Obviously, there has to be kind of um, other tiers to it. I just don't think it's ever going to be accepted without that in the way that this happened this week it's just been an utter shambles um, the, the British thing uh, yeah uh, I don't think it will happen um, in the next five years certainly um, will it happen at some point maybe and uh, I, I, of course part of me says I, I, I hope so because um, as much as being champions of Scotland is is something we're very proud of and God we have uh, enjoyed um, being back on top of that particular pile this season the world's a bigger place and so much of the way we do things in this country so much of um, or so many of our our colleagues um, do represent a backwater plastic pitches um, nonsense judiciary um, part of all of us I'm sure would be happy to um, leave that behind no matter how scary it would be to um, not of a you know kind of one and two chance of winning the title again, um, but but no time soon.
0: Yeah, I, I I just think it's pie in the sky talk at the moment. I know that there, there could have been expressed interest. I think that if we're going to talk about progression, then I'm open to have a conversation. I'm open to be able to try and say it. I don't I don't know if you know it'll lead to anything. Um, but I think you know you could you could explore it as as what the benefits would be, where it would kind of look at just now. I think what you saw from the the, the six premiership clubs is that, that that consideration of the fans didn't happen and you saw the backlash and then be able to try and take it from there. And it'd be, it'd be interesting to see as to or not we would have... Um, our fans have been interested to be able to go for it, because even looking on social media, I've seen mixed reactions in terms of people wanting to go for it, not wanting to go for it. Even with our group, Martin, you've, you've probably yeah. seen uh, some, some different opinions on that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, um, again, if, if conversations progress with it. I think that it's being led by certain people's agendas and their club is maybe a little bit more of a, of an afterthought to that. But, again, it's all based on opinion. Martin, um you mentioned uh, Seagulls, Yeah, you mentioned obviously Adam's Tactics show, all of these are available on our Patreon network, uh, where Adam is our tactics expert and guru, and also soon to be a published author, by the way, and congratulations to to Adam um, on, on his recent book deal, um, writing a book, it's a, bit, it's a bit, it's for weirdos, Martin, wouldn't you agree?
1: I haven't done it, I would certainly agree it makes uh, <laughs> a lot of sense at the time uh, when you, you have an idea and, and people say that's a good idea and the, the, writing, uh, the writing of it is a, a different ball game but um, I I can't wait for um, Adam's explanation of, of how this happened from a, a purely football perspective because it's a, a remarkable season.
0: Yeah and uh, also you know well you might have been following Rangers for 40 years but this is why you're wrong about most of your opinions Uh, Adam will always be able to try and do that for you in black and white and by and large usually he's he's pretty much much on the money uh but yes but if you'd like um to hear more about that um and jump in to listen to adam's tactics uh, tactics show uh we also have uh as martin mentioned earlier on our epl show when the uh, seagulls follow the the trawler with uh, the other wonderful martin and david and jack uh, plus a whole host of other things including the european hangovers with james Forrest. Uh, we've got the women's show update as well with david marshall and laura clark and we've got some fun stuff in there as well and if you just like hearing people talk nonsense listen to some of my shows um you'll find that on patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. please uh, jump over and have a wee look uh, we hope that once you come over and listen to a few of it, it will convince you to stay uh, and um, be part of our family, which has now got close on to 5,500 other Rangers fans from across the world as well. Uh, my thanks to our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Paul Myers, and most of all, thank you to the ever-excellent Mr Martin Ramsey. Um, always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Thank you, Cameron. Pleasure's all mine. Enjoy the game on Sunday, folks. Let's get through to uh, the semis. Uh, and uh, have a brilliant weekend. Take care of yourselves and each other. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.